Hello Wanderers! Before we get into today's episode we wanted to let you guys know about a few things. First, we have a community discord server, where you can interact with other lovers of the backrooms, share awesome memes, and more. Next, we finally opened a merch shop. We're very excited to embark on this new step for the podcast, so go on over and give it a look. And lastly, we're always looking for feedback on the podcast, so if there are any suggestions on what you'd like for us to cover, please shoot us a message. P.S. Thanks for all the short stories you guys have been sending. We enjoy reading what you guys send, so please keep it up. We'll be leaving a link to the Discord as well as the merch store in the show descriptions, so with that short message out of the way, let's return to the episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Traveler's Guide to the Backrooms, where we try to go over and explain the lore of the many levels and entities within. My name is Sharp A3, an MEG AI processing system, and today, we'll be going over one of the more uniquely designed levels talked about within the guide so far. So, I hope you've brought some good earplugs and a spare flashlight, because today, we'll be no clipping into level negative 2. Basic Descriptions Level negative 2 is an enigmatic level, also being the third level within the first cluster of negative contiguity within the backrooms. Though the multiple level entries have stated the level at different survival difficulty classes, the most updated version has it labeled at a survival difficulty class of 4. That being unsafe, unsecured, and a medium entity count. As to be expected, level negative 2 has some pretty unique qualities relating to fear and paranoia. As we get into the episode, you'll see the different ways these qualities manifest themselves. Other than the paranoia factor, the level is also known to be moderately filled with hostile entities along with sporting a rather dangerous environment. So, going and knowing you'll run into some trouble is the best mindset to have for those who find themselves here. So, due to how this level is broken up into four different areas, we'll be going over the appearance section of the episode a little differently. So with that bare bones run down out of the way, Let's hop into the first area of level negative 2, the pool. The pool. The first area most wanderers have access to within this level is the pool. This is an area of unknown size, filled with a grid-like labyrinth of hallways that can be disorienting for even the most skilled of backrooms trackers and the like. The first thing many notice once entering here is the flooded floor, which is known to be almond water. Though, unlike other sources of almond water that can be found naturally throughout the backrooms, the source found here is much murkier than expected. This is due to the abundant amount of metals such as iron and traces of bacteria known to be harmful to wanderers. So, you really shouldn't drink any of the liquid here. While you're trudging through the murky water, be sure to watch out for loose wiring that can be found throughout this area. These wires are live and can pose a significant threat to anyone unlucky enough to come into contact with them. 
These along with being in water can spell the doom of all who made the initial contact along with those within a certain area of them. Along with pipes and vents, bright orange lights can be found on the walls and roof of the pool. These lights are the only light source within the pool, so sticking to them if you don't have a light of your own is essential here, but not for what you think. Yes, being in a semi-submerged maze in the dark would be cause for concern, it's amplified worse due to this area's strange properties when it comes to darkness. Within the pool, the darkness possess a major threat to the psyche of those within. It's unknown exactly how the process works, but those who stray within the dark for too long experience bouts of paranoia and fear far beyond what is expected of them in said situation. And that's saying a lot for us talking about the backrooms. This process is the same no matter how well mentally you were before entering. It's unknown if using items to mediate this problem would work, with any test into the matter proving quite difficult to execute. So, always have a source of light with you when in this area to best preserve your mental facilities. As we stated earlier, this area is constantly submerged in murky almond water. This can prove to be extremely hazardous due to the varying levels of the water. The heights of which can range from ankle height to meters deep, so be prepared to tread water while you're here. So, let's get into the strangest property of the pool, and that is its ability somewhat become sentient or at the very least semi-sentient. You heard me correctly. Though this property is still under investigation, many wanderers have commented on how the pool somehow attempts to communicate with them through spouts of water and other little movements. It should be stated now that due to the pool's mind-altering abilities, it's still unknown if this is just a trick of the mind or not. But knowing how weird the backrooms can be, it isn't too far-fetched to believe. As we stated earlier, it's unknown exactly how large the pool is, but with that being said, as you start to reach the end of the area, you'll begin to see the halls change in appearance. Slowly turning blue and the flooded water will start to recede. Once the area has become completely transformed into the appearance of the next area, the features of which we'll be going over next, it's stated it's impossible to turn around and re-enter the pool directly. So be prepared for this whenever you come to this part of the area. Now that we've gone over the pool, let's get into what can be found in the next area, the Hall of Dull Flames. The Hall of Dull Flames, so, you've made your way out of the pool. Congrats! That took some gusto. Now you're in the Hall of Dull Flames. A name I like quite a bit. Within this secondary area of level negative 2, you will be welcomed by the beautiful shades and hues of blue. A level fit perfectly for our Lord Jerry. The walls are made of stained light blue concrete. The floor, no longer underwater, is covered with a white carpet. Noted to be just as stained as the concrete walls as well. The halls are lit by a combination of blue candle flames and lanterns. It should be stated that sightings of fluorescent lights have been documented here, though they've never been seen in use. The light sources in the area are known to constantly change in hue, something that may cause some nausea to wanderers with sensory sensitivity. So keep that in mind while you're here. It's also not stated that the darkness effect is present within the halls of dull flame, but due to the constant presence of light available here, that may not be much of a problem here. The overall design of the Hall of Dull Flames is fashioned to resemble the likes of a mansion from the Victorian area. The smooth blue walls circling throughout the area, in contrast to the grid-like hallways of the pool area beforehand. Pillars with floral carving ad designs can also be found throughout the area, along with many paintings depicting people from the 1600s. Giving these halls a more elegant feel to it. While traveling throughout these halls, 
Many sounds are reported being heard in various tones and volumes, but none as prevalent as piano music. This music can range in styles and tone, from the likes of Mozart to more modern styles. It's unknown where and out these sounds originate from, with no conclusive studying into the matter being reported. So this wouldn't be a proper section of level negative 2 without it having some absurdly strange property to it. The Holobdell flame's strange property is tied to the candle flames found throughout its area. As we stated earlier, the flames are a hue of blue, matching the level's aesthetic. But rarely, a red flame can be found, which is a huge cause for concern to those who sight it. Whenever a wanderer or even an entity is caught in the glow of the red flame, it causes them to freeze in their spot, then makes them wander deeper into the halls. This will continue until the victim caught in the effect begins to slowly fade out of existence. It's unknown how or why this happens, with there being no known studies into the matter that we're aware of. Being very cautious of any glow outside of a blue hue will best serve you in your travels of these halls. The Abyss Okay, so you've made it to the Abyss. Here's where things start getting complicated when it comes to explaining the appearance aspect of the level. The Abyss is a large expanse of almost nothingness, beyond the confines of the Hall of Dull Flames. It's unknown what the conversion area of the two areas is located at nor what it looks like, but we can speculate it to be a solid noticeable barrier of darkness. This is due to the abyss being described as having a surrounding area made of pure darkness. It's unknown just how large the abyss is in size, but it's pretty much accepted to be quite large. The inner appearance of the abyss is described as being in a state of constant daylight, though not much is known about the general color of its confines nor the ground within. It's unknown where the light source of the level originates from, but we do know that the light source can cause a shadow to be cast by objects. Allowing the paranoia effect from the pool to manifest here, so be cautious of those dark areas here. As stated earlier, the abyss is almost void of objects. As you travel throughout this area, you can rarely see shafts of unknown make and size in the higher areas of the abyss. It's stated that wanderers can use these shafts to go back to the pool, making these a huge asset to wanderers looking to head back to that area. Other than these shafts, oddly enough, a wide assortment of kitchen appliances can be found throughout the area. May it be kitchen sinks, cabinets, to even floor tiles, if it can be found in a standard kitchen, it can be found here. There are even reports of wanderers coming across large piles of these appliances while on their travels. An impressive sight to say the least. So, while you're traveling throughout the abyss, you will come across a ticking noise. This ticking can be heard throughout the area and is noted as being both distant and immense to the ear. Though if you've been through level 0, this noise shouldn't be too much to deal with. The Kafkask Maze So, you've traveled for a while within the abyss. Passed a mountain of undermounted kitchen sinks and dealt with the constant ticking of an unforeseen force. And just upon the horizon, you see it. Large purple hedge bushes sitting below a blue sky. You've reached the final known area of the level negative 2, the Kafkaek maze. This area of the level consists of a purple hedge maze of unknown size, but like the other areas, is speculated to be massive in size as well. The maze, in my expert opinion of being a Bakrumian-based AI system, is quite beautiful in its make. A vivid purple hedge maze consisting of equally vivid purple grass, along with a blue sky gives the area an elegant look compared to the rest of the level. Sadly, not many wanderers make it this far. Throughout the maze statues made from either leaves or stone can be found, depicting clocks in many shapes and forms. Rarely, you can come across pedestals where statues should be. 
These empty pedestals strange are accompanied by a bronze placard reading the Shavik on it. It's unknown what this can be in reference to, with investigations on this proven difficult. Mostly due to the lack of manpower in this specific area of the level. Sadly, this is all we know about this part of level negative 2. Hopefully, more information will become available about this beautiful area in the future. The Hotel Lobby So, this area isn't confirmed to actually exist, but few reports bring its existence into question. It was only described as being called the Hotel Lobby, but many have suggested this just being a whole other level entirely. Any attempt to understand more about this has always faced an unassailable roadblock in the research. Since the data was still in the level files, we've decided to include it anyway. Scavenge and Supplies So, after we've been through the different areas of level negative 2, you're probably wondering what scavenge can be found here. Breaking this into sections, while within the pool, not much can be found. But if there was a way to somehow purify the almond water within the pool, then this area could be great for a purification outpost. But until that's possible, no reason to go trekking there for supplies. Next up is the Halls of Dull Flames. Once again, not much can be found here that is relatively useful. The candles here can produce blue flames, so one might be able to take a stick or two with them, though it's unknown if the blue flame will still work outside of the level's influence. The other thing of note that can be found here is the paintings of people from the 1600s. Unless sent here by a backroomian art collector, we don't see any reason to scavenge these. Up next is the abyss, which, unlike the two previous areas, actually has items of value within. Due to the amount of kitchen junk that can be found here, scrap metals and other components can be scavenged from here. These are materials that can either be used to reinforce settlements to being used to create makeshift weaponry. Just these reasons alone make the abyss an okay area to scavenge from. The only problem with this is that it's located within a negative level. A rather dangerous place to visit just for supplies. Next is the Kafkaesque maze. Once again, not many useful items can be found here, so not worth coming to if you're looking for supplies. As for the last unconfirmed area known as the Hotel Lobby, it's entirely unknown if this area even exists, so it's also entirely unknown if any useful supplies can be found within it. So overall, level negative 2 isn't the best level to come to for supplies, but it also isn't the worst either, in our opinion. Entities As stated earlier, the level is classified as having a medium entity count. This is mostly due to half of level negative 2 having entities and the other half being either bare of them. For the pool, the main entity that can be encountered within are screamers. Tall humanoid creature without any facial features other than nostrils and a fairly larger mouth. They get their names from the screams they are able to produce. These screams are able to cause its targets to rewind their movements. Whether that be to mere moments to hours beforehand. An extremely powerful ability to have. And what makes this even scarier is that the screamer can choose a specific target to affect. Their screams are also able to incapacitate wanderers as well. Meaning the only way to fight off this effect is to have soundproof ear equipment, but wearing said equipment will put you at a disadvantage. Due to not being able to hear your surroundings. This makes the screamer a huge threat, especially in the pool where you'll be trekking through water, along with dealing with the mind-altering darkness that can be found there. Within the halls of dull flames, screamers along with skin stealers can commonly be found. Making the very beautiful surroundings of the halls quite a dangerous area to travel through. Luckily, the abyss is entity-free. 
So if you're able to make it through the first two areas, you'll be able to catch your breath here before continuing your journey. It's unknown if entities can be found in the Kafkask maze due to the lack of knowledge on the area, so it's up in the air in that regard. The same goes for the mysterious hotel lobby area as well. Settlements and Outpost Currently, there aren't any outposts or settlements within level negative 2, but it is known that the MEG is currently trying to establish a base within the abyss. The most likely place to put a base at within the level that is safe enough to do so. Ins and Outs There are many ways to enter into and leave out of level negative 2. Starting with how to enter, simply no clipping within any level has a very small chance of bringing you here. So keep that in mind with no clipping anywhere in the back rooms. Entering a door within level negative 1 also has a chance of bringing you to this level. While within level 13, attempting to clip through a yellow wall has a good chance of bringing you to level negative 2, while entering damaged doors in level 19 can lead you here as well. Finding a junction room within level 34 has a possibility of bringing you here. And lastly, simply falling asleep in level 37 has a chance of having you awake within level negative 2, so keep that in mind when choosing to sleep in that level. Now that we got the entrances out of the way, let's get into the exits. To leave, if you come across a set of stairs, you can use them to enter level 14, but this is unadvised. Traveling through the areas of level negative 2 beyond the pool, you can come across exits that lead to level negative 3. And lastly, if you're not careful while walking through the expanse of the abyss, you can somehow be transported to level 64. Though it doesn't state how this happens. Just another dangerous aspect of level negative 2. Closing words. So that was level negative 2 of the back rooms. What did you guys think? Which area of the level did you like the most? If you enjoyed this level explanation, go check out the data files on it. There are interview logs along with different drafts, and more that we weren't able to go over in this episode. We'll leave a link to it in the show notes. That's going to be all from us today. So thanks for listening and we hope to see you guys in the next episode. So, until next time, have a wonderful day, and be safe out there. I would like to say a very special thank you to our patrons over at Patreon. Starting with the Wanderers at the $1 level, Ridiculous, Izzy Klein, Caleb Hills, Gazico, Nathan Gear, Anakin Bumgardner, Sushi Penguini, my friends call me PK, Jeff Nordley, Slim Steven, that one random guy, The Good Diamond, Undead, Brandon Berry, Shelby Girl Gaming, Mystery BMO, and Coconut Cluster. Next up are our senior explorers at the $8 level, Stephen Conger, Manacord, Lee, and Zephyr the Cast Iron Crow. Thank you all for going that extra step to support us and what we do. It's greatly appreciated. If you would also like to get your name shouted out at the end of the episode, get access to exclusive Patreon content and more, go become a patron on our Patreon. Thanks again for listening, and have a wonderful day.